The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. It was good to see you this morning. It's kind of nasty out there, but uh, I'm glad you braved the weather and the cold. When we come in, we went out and ate with Jacob and JC last night, and it was 32 and raining, <laughs> which ate a good combination. This morning, it was 35 and misting, so that's better than 32. I was afraid we were going to have a, some ice this morning. We're in our last uh, commandment that we find in the, the series that we've been in, and it's found in Matthew chapter 16. So if you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 16, and uh, it's where Jesus said, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And uh, the commandment we're looking at today uh, are, are, is found there, and that words are translated, Take heed and beware. So I would say if Jesus... Uh, gives us an imperative, and that's what those are, then that would be something we'd really want to look into and think about what's he telling us. So uh, Christ, he's teaching, he's saying, here's some commandments I'm going to give you. You need to take heed and beware of these things. That's what we're going to look at. The commandments repeated again in, in verse 11, that was Matthew 16, 6. And again in verse 11, he says, how do you not understand that I'd not speak to you. I'm not talking about bread. We'll get more into what he's talking about. But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So the first thing I want us to do this morning is consider uh, this command and answering uh, 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 some of the questions. And the first question is, what is leaven? And probably you, many of you know, some of you may not know, but that leaven is a Greek word that uh, we would translate as yeast. Uh, or leaven. It's a, it's a powerful fungus is what it is, and uh, it can cause... What, what is yeast used for? Okay, it's used for bread. Uh, you put some yeast in bread, and it does what? Okay, what's it actually doing? It's, yeah, it's fermenting, creating a gas. Uh, yeast can be the source of infections, Steve had a different idea. What else is yeast used for? For what? Beer. Beer. Who said that? <laughs> Shame on you. No. <laughs> what, what I was thinking is, uh, do any of y'all watch uh, Moonshiners? <laughs> they, uh, they mix their... Uh, their uh, I'm just playing like I don't know what this stuff is. Uh, they mix their mashed together. Thank you. So y'all are telling off on yourselves. And uh, they take their fruit and they take all this stuff. The last thing they do, they'll have a two or three 55 gallon barrels of mash and they'll take out one little jar of yeast and they'll dump just a little bit of that yeast in that whole barrel of mash and uh, any type of, of uh, alcoholic beverage you're making and uh, it it ferments. I mean, that's what it does. It's it's a it's a, a, a an ideal of fermentation. And principally, what Christ is talking about here is he's he's talking about the fermentation that that causes bread to rise. That uh, that's you, you, before baking, the same way yeast is used today. And uh, uh, probably a lot of y'all ladies and maybe some of the guys are familiar with that starter. Y'all ever. Have y'all ever made that friendship bread to where you, uh, you take some, uh, I think I've got this right, you take a starter, 
you have to get from somebody. <laughs> and uh, then you pour a can of cherries in there, and uh, it sets for a week. And then you pour a can of pineapples in there, and it sets for a week. It smells like moonshine after about three or four weeks, you know. It smells good. And uh, uh, you, you put all this stuff in there, whatever you want in your cake. And uh, at some point, I'm not sure what the process goes from there, but you take that out and you make your bread or you make your cake. But if you fail to keep a piece of that starter, you're just out of luck, aren't you? You have to find somebody that has some so you can restart. Uh, I remember back when I was still, I think I was probably still in high school, and Mama started making some of that, and we ate those cakes for, for months <laughs> because she'd say, well, I don't want this starter to go to waste, so it sat in the refrigerator for a week or two, and then she'd say, well, I'm going to start another one. And, and uh, so that starter, that, uh, that same type of ideal there is... Uh, people in the New Testament, that was the only method they had to, uh, to uh, have the, the next round of baking. In other words, they, they would uh, start their bread, they would have the yeast there, and then when they baked their bread, they would always keep a little piece of that bread aside. And the reason they kept that little piece of bread aside was simply uh, that small piece of unbaked dough. I said bread, but it would be unbaked dough. They would, they would want to use it later. So when we think about what Christ is talking about, he says, be aware of the leaven or be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees. So he gives that. Secondly, what does the Bible say about leaven and what does it say about yeast? And uh, because it's such a small piece, it's a relatively small amount of something, but it causes a relatively large amount of dough to rise or whatever you're, whatever you're using. And, and the term in the Bible is often used figuratively as any, any kind of influence, any kind of influence that's introduced, but the Scripture most always uses it to represent evil. So when Christ is talking about beware of leaven, he's talking about that which, which arises up and be aware of leaven, and he's talking about those, those representations of evil. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, and 8, Paul says it this way, Therefore purge out the old leaven, or the old yeast, that you may have a new lump, since you were truly unleavened. Now if we're just reading this, uh, for me... Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. See, I have to let things sink in sometimes. So just think about being born again uh, Christian. When you, before you were born again, you had this old influence in your life. Paul says, purge it out. Y'all know what it is to purge something out, right? <laughs> if you don't, I can tell you later, but get rid of it. If you purge your body or if you purge something, you're getting rid of all that old stuff. And Paul says, in order that you may have a new lump of leaven, of yeast, since you are truly unleavened, for indeed Christ, our Passover, was a sacrifice for us, therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and the leaven of wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So what Paul is really talking about there, he's talking about that evil type of influence. Let us get rid of that and let us replace it with something that will rise up inside of us, which is Christ. 
So that's what the Bible says about leaven. The third thing it says is what is the leaven of the Pharisees? What, what's he talking about? And that's what Christ's commandment to us was today. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. It's against the, the doctrine the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, that Jesus is warning his disciples about. He said they're teaching some things and, and he calls their teaching leaven. So Christ says the Pharisees are introducing some leaven into Christianity which potentially affect your own lives and everybody that can come in contact with you. You know that yeast, when, when you put it in a 55-gallon barrel, it doesn't just affect what's right there on top when they sprinkle it there on top. It affects everything in the barrel. I think we would use the term of this, one bad apple, what? Spoils the whole bunch. I mean, that, you've probably heard that before. Maybe you haven't, but, but that was the saying. You know, one bad apple will spoil the whole bunch. And, and Christ says, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because what they had done, they had, taught that they had taken the teachings of Christ and they had mixed in the leaven of their teachings. In other words, they had taken some traditions over here and they had taken some of the teachings of Christ and they had to begin to mix them together. And Christ wanted the, the, the Pharisees, uh, Christ wanted his followers to understand the disciples of this. Hey, be aware of those things because they're like leaven. They'll, they, they're gonna, they'll invade your ranks, and as they invade your ranks, they'll begin to spread quickly, and they'll begin to, to rise up within you. So, so there's the, the warning that Christ says. So when we look at uh, his commandment to us, and he says, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Then he repeats that again, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He continues in his teaching. So the Bible's talking about this. So, so let's look briefly at some of the critical areas. This is by far not an exhaustive list of, of critical areas that the Lord tells us about the Pharisees season, this leaven that he's talking about. I've listed about four that I would say probably are, are critical. And the first is this, they made the commandments of God of no effect by their traditions. Now, Christ is teaching this. Matthew 15, verse 3 through 6, He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God because of your traditions? That was a question. For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses your father and mother, let him be put to death. But verse 5, he's addressing the Pharisees. He says, But you say, and then he goes on, Whoever says to his father or mother, whatever, what profit you might gain if you received a, as me from a gift from God. They majored on the minor parts, and, and they violated the major principles of the law and traditions. And, and Jesus used this case in point. He said, the way you, you're treating your parents, here's what the commandments said. But you've taken a, your tradition, you, you've avoided taking care of your elderly parents, making this tradition uh, saying that, that we need to honor your mother and father. It became no effect. And the reason they had done this is they said, okay, what can we get from our mother and father? They were thinking more of their inheritance. So, so what the Pharisees did, they had taken a teaching of Christ and they had introduced their traditions and they had just begun to teach. That's God's word. Think about this. People still do that today, don't they? If you don't believe that, just start watching some of the ideals on religious teachings. Now, I'm not saying Christian teachings. Religious people today will take 
traditions, and they'll take God's Word and they'll try to mash all that together and say, hey, this is really the intent of what God's Word was. That's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. And Christ warned His disciples, hey, beware of that. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I've, tra- I've challenged you before in this church, and I-, I do this every week, don't ever believe what I say. Because I'll mess up. I, I may make a, a mistake. I may misspeak something. And, and go and study God's Word for yourself and, and say, hey, this is what God's Word says. And this is, this is how the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. And hopefully as we gather on Sundays, the Holy Spirit is taking His Word and He's revealing His truth to us through words that I may have to say. But, but we need to understand what God's Word is. And, and if somebody is introducing something, we say, I don't know if that's God's Word. We need to go look and study it because if we just say, okay, that sounds good to me. It's a tradition. Christ says that's introducing leaven into our spiritual life. Here's the second thing Christ says about them. He says that Pharisees and Sadducees, you're a hypocrite. You teach one thing, yet you practice another. Over in uh, Matthew chapter 15, this is verse 7 and 7 and 18, Christ says, hypocrites, don't you know that just burnt them up? They're the religious leaders. They're the ones that are so pious and everybody looks towards in the temple. And I thought about those, I think they called them phylacteriums, those things they wore all over their robes and they jingled when they walked and they had these big urns that they collected offering and they would take and they would drop their, their offering in there and it would ring off the sides of that and make all this noise where everybody in the church go, man, listen to that. Listen to all that jingling they're putting up there. And they were those that, that wanted to be seen by men. And I'm going to get to that in, in my next point. But Christ says, well, you're a hypocrite. That's what you're a hypocrite. And, and this is going on in Scripture. Well, did Isaiah prophesy? What did Isaiah prophesy you saying? These are people who draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus is talking about the Pharisees when he he says, you hypocrite. Now, we've all heard that word, but you know what that word really means? It means an actor or someone who wears a mask or someone who pretends. I mean, it's pretty simple, isn't it? So Christ is saying, beware of those those hypocrites, those people that wear a mask, that, that pretend to be a follower, and, and be, be aware of those. That's what the, that's what the Pharisees are doing. Author C.S. Lewis, he, he says this, he warns this way, anyone who has ever taught or attempted to leave, uh, lead others in the tendency of all of us towards exaggerating our depth of character while tolerating our own flaws. Did you hear that? He says, be careful. For anyone who is taught or attempted to lead others who knows the tendency that we have towards exaggerating the depth of character while treating tolerantly our own flaws. The Bible calls this tendency hypocrisy. We're constantly and we're consciously and subconsciously putting forward a better image of ourselves than really exists an outward appearance of our character and the inner reality that only God, we, and perhaps our family members know, don't match. He warns us there, C.S. Lewis, he says, be careful of that. 
Be aware of that. And Christ says, be aware of that. Here's, the, here's what I hold against the Pharisees. They're hypocrites. They, they say one thing and they, they put on a mask. They pretend to be one way, but their hearts are far, far, far from me. Here's the number C under that, under that number three. They did their works to be seen by men. That's Matthew 23, 3 through 7. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and, and do... But do not according to their own works, for they say and they do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move from them one finger. But all their works they have seen, they do to be seen by men. Here's those phylacteries. They, they make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. That's those things that ring when they walk. And they love the praises and the feast and the best seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted in the marketplace. And they love to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. Jesus said they, they do this, they say these things, but, but they themselves don't follow their practices. He says, listen to what he says, you pile all these rules on the other being and you burn them down, but you don't follow them yourself. Does that sound like any branch of our government? <laughs> I shouldn't say that, should I? I mean, they, we get all of these mandates and hand it down, but hey, we don't have to follow those. And, and that's literally what the Pharisees would do. The Sadducees, they would get up in a service in a synagogue and, and they would say, here's what you have to do. And man, we could go on and on about all the ads that they took the law and they added all of these do's and don'ts and what you could do and what you couldn't do. And they just burdened everybody down with them. I mean, they just kept a, a finger on them constantly saying this, 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 and this. But in the background, they didn't follow any of those things. But they put the appearance as hypocrites that they were doing these things. Why? Because they loved the praise of men. That term there, rabbi, that was a, a place of honor. That was a term of honor. And he says right there, they love to be seated in the marketplace and people to say, hey, rabbi, how are you? That would be a term today, and there's nothing wrong with this. Dr. Colton and Dr. Katie, I, there's nothing wrong with calling Dr. Colton Dr. Colton. He's a doctor, but if he ever just demanded that and just said, "You, oh, I, this is Colton, and he said, no, just call me doctor. You know, that term of, of hey, I, I, want, I want to hear that term. There's nothing wrong in the term, but that, that ego problem that the Pharisees had was they insisted on being called rabbi. They insisted on being approved by men and appreciated by men. He warns of that. Here's the next thing. They love the spotlight. They love that special treatment. He says there in the verse we just read, they love to go sit in those special places in the synagogue. Matthew 23, 13 says, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, for your hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. The Pharisees and scribes, they wouldn't associate themselves with Jesus and the truth that he taught. They wanted to be part of the law. They wanted to be the religious leaders, but they rejected Christ. They, they understood who Christ was. They could read Scripture and see He was a promised Messiah. But they rejected Christ. 
They wanted that special treatment, and they were hypocrites because they were false teachers. The truth wasn't in them, and they, they, were, they lived a hypocritical lifestyle. Here's the, here's the last thing. They used their office to make themselves rich. He says, Woe to you in 23.14, Woe to you Pharisees and scribes, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and you pretend to make long prayers. Therefore, you receive greater condemnation. Though the Pharisees, just like some religious leaders of, of our own day, they positioned themselves and had influence over others that they might be rich. We, we, uh, I won't call any names, and some of y'all won't even have a clue what I'm talking about, but it's interesting. We talked about this Wednesday night. There was a televangelist that used to be very popular, and, and uh, he, he told his people that he had influence over. God told me, if you don't send me a million dollars, I'm going to die. Y'all remember that? That was several years ago. Well, those people he had influence over, and those people that, that followed him, oh, we, we could never let that happen. We, we better send him a, a million dollars because we wouldn't want God to take our leader, our shepherd, and if any of y'all won't give me a million dollars, God's not going to kill me, but I might fall over dead, you know, if y'all take up a collection. But, but that, that, that Pharisees, they were using their position to become rich. And God hated it during this time. And I, I, I don't think it's any different today to you that God would still take that and, and say how displeased He is when His followers take their position and they take that, that status that they have and they use it to other influence others to, to make themselves rich. That was one of the, one of the areas that, that Christ said, Beware of the leaven. Now I want you just to think about this using that last ideal. Uh, just think if you were in that position that you had influence over a large group of people and, and all of a sudden you realize that, hey, I can kind of manipulate. I may need a, a little extra cash and I can kind of manipulate this area and, and uh, I can get that. Can't you see how that little bit of leaven would start to rise up in you? I mean, how you would start thinking, hey, this is pretty easy. Hey, this is pretty profitable. And all of a sudden, you've lost track of everything that, that you're about. And all of a sudden, you're, you're saying, hey, send this and send this and send this. I mean, that's what we see a lot of times in, in some of these televangelists. And I'm not just down on televangelists, but some of those folks we see, you can see how that little bit of leaven begins to rise up. You can see how that little bit of leaven, if, if all of a sudden people started looking at you in the grocery store and Walmart and everywhere you see them saying, hey... You're such a great teacher. Man, we just love being around you. I, I appreciate when y'all say we love you. I love y'all too. But see how that little bit of leaven can all of a sudden start to inflate someone's ego? And all of a sudden, man, I'm, I'm just all about throwing this facade out because I love the praise of being. I think it's easy for us sometimes to look at the Pharisees and say, oh, shame, shame, shame on the Pharisees. When Christ realized his own followers, they needed to be aware of those things. He said, be aware, be, be, be on guard for those things. Here's the fourth thing. What are we to do with this leaven? I mean, what are we to do with it? And this is, this is where we're going to close this morning. But, but what are we to do with this leaven? The, the scientific definition, definition of fermentation or yeast is this. A substance in the state of putrefaction. You know what that is? 
Just let that word putrefaction sink in just a minute. Has any of y'all ever put yeast in your toilet? Y'all are kind of going, you know what that does? Steve, Steve knows. You flush your toilet. Now, y'all don't do this if you live in town. I'm talking about if you have a septic tank. Well, that yeast gets in your septic tank, and it feeds the bacteria that starts the process of putrefaction. <laughs> it starts to break down. It puts those enzymes in there, and the waste that's in your, uh, that's in your uh, septic tank, that starts that process. That don't sound as good as bread, does it? <laughs> Some fresh cooked bread, but, but uh, that's what the scientific definition is. Something that begins to rot away. Something begins to eat away at something else. Why does it ferment? Why does it cause gas? Because it's eating away, it's fermenting, it's rotting, whatever it's a part of. Now think of that in our spiritual life. What Christ is saying, when we let that leaven, that teaching of some of the Pharisees come into us spiritually, it begins to rot away. It begins to eat away, and it begins to grow within us. I mean, that's the whole lesson that Christ is teaching. He says about this, what do we do with the leaven? A little unbelief in the lives of believers. That's a dangerous thing. You hear just a, a little unbelief. He says in Matthew, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is this because we've brought no bread? Now think about it. Jesus is up teaching. And uh, like that Sunday school teacher, you know, that taught that, that, little, that little boy. And uh, he come home and mom said, What did you learn? She said, Well, they, uh, Moses got to the river and they built a big old ship and they sailed across the the, the the, the river there on this ship, and everybody got off on the other side, and she said, no, that don't sound right. He said, well, if I tell you the truth, you'd never believe it. You know, so uh, sometimes we see they reasoned among themselves. They missed the lesson. They said, that, that can't be right. I better come up with something better than that. Is he telling us this because we forgot to bring bread? And Jesus, being aware of what he said, said, Oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you've brought no bread? Do you not yet understand? Do you not remember the 5,000 of the 5,000, how many baskets of bread we took up? Nor the seven loaves and the 4,000 and how many large baskets we took up? How is it you do not understand that I, may, that I speak not of you concerning bread? But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but be aware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They said, what could he be meaning? They thought that his commandments on leaven was some kind of violation because we didn't bring bread today. And because we didn't bring bread, they've, he's gotten on to us. He says, no, remember, it's not about the bread, but it's, it's perceiving their thoughts and saying, remember, I've done taking care of that. We had a few fish and a few bread, and we fed 5,000. We fed uh, many thousands and took up all of these extra baskets. That's not what it's about. It's about this, beware 
of what false teachers are teaching today. He says, like yeast in dough, the, the lack of faith in our own example, in our own lives, a little bit of unbelief is a dangerous thing. I want you to think about the progression that takes place. I'm sure we know folk that know some folks that have been followers of Christ. They're still followers of Christ, maybe, but they've, they've kind of fallen away. And something in their life happened. And as something happened, they, they begin to have a little bit of doubt. And as they begin to have a little bit of doubt, that begin to grow within their lives. It begin to grow within their hearts. It begin to grow within their mind. And, and over the years, they, they've just kind of turned away. See how that happens? That's what Christ said. Be, be aware of those things, those, those little areas that, that are unbelieving, that, that those are dangerous things. Well, you say, well, well, I have trouble believing all that. Well, what did that, you remember that ruler that came before Christ? And, and they, they came to him and they said, don't bother Christ anymore. Your daughter's dead. Your child is dead. And, and Christ turned and looked at, that, at that, uh, that leader and he said, have faith. Y'all remember what that leader said back to Christ? He said, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. As he looked at Christ, he said, Lord, I believe that you can heal my child, but, but help me in those areas I, I'm, having struggle, I'm, I'm having struggles with, those areas that, that I have trouble believing in. And when we have those little things in our lives that we struggle with, we don't need to bail out. We need to go to God and say, God, I, I believe, but I have areas I'm struggling with. And we need to dig into His Word and start saying, God, I need you to direct me and I need your Spirit to teach me. Christ says, beware of those, those things of unbelief because they're a dangerous thing and they begin, they begin to rise up within us. A, a little sin in the life of a believer, that's a dangerous thing. Well, we all sin. We've all fallen short. We are just sinners saved by grace. We're still sin. But what Christ is talking about, He's talking about when we permit sin to remain in our lives. In other words, we compromise. We say, oh, I'm pretty good in all these other areas. And this little bit of sin over here, it's, it's going to be okay. But Christ says this, beware because you're going to reap what you sow. As we think about those things that Christ is saying, beware of, we need to be aware of, of those little areas of unbelief and we need to be aware of those little sins of our life that we've kind of compromised with. That, that's the very nature of leaven. It begins to rise up. It begins to grow within us. Christ says we need to be aware of those things. Listen to this in Galatians 5.9. Paul says this, a little leaven... Leavens up the whole lump. When those little areas of our life, we begin to, to follow some kind of tradition, we begin to let sin reign in our lives, we begin to, to, to really say, I, I'm not sure I really believe what God's Word says. We begin to, to follow uh, isms and ideals instead of God's Word. Christ says His followers, beware, because just a little of that will infect our spiritual life. Let's pray together. Father, I pray this morning as we think about your last commandment towards us, Father, and we think about where we are, who we are in you, Father, you give us a, a great warning, a great commandment with an understanding of knowing that today still alive are those who would introduce traditions into your teachings, their own ideals, their own isms. And Father, you tell us to beware of those things. Father, spiritually tell us to, to be aware of the attitude that we approach you with, Father, to, to be aware of, of that 
the lifestyle that we live, Father, not to be seen by men, but Father, to understand that we live before you constantly. And Father, that our concern would be our spiritual walk with you, not the praise of men and not the glory of others, Father. Lord, I pray that you'd reveal to us those areas that we struggle with unbelief. I pray, Lord, that we'd be honest with you and just say, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Father, I pray for little sins that in my life that I've, I've kind of compromised with, just saying, you know, that's, I'm pretty good, and I think the scales probably weigh more in my favor. And uh, spiritually, Lord, I pray that we'd know when that, that sin reigns in our lives like that bit of leaven, it begins to permeate, it begins to rot away at our lives spiritually. And Father, we, we want to be exactly where you'd have us to be as your child. I pray today that you'd take your words, and Father, that they would fall on a heart, and you'd give us a, a spirit of understanding. Father, I pray that we wouldn't merely be hearers of the word and deceive ourselves, but Father, we'd be doers of your word. We'd be committed to you. We'd be your church, committed to the commission that you've given us as a church, not in this power that we have in ourselves, but through the power of the Spirit. We would go out into your fields. Lord, you tell us the fields are ripe unto harvest, but the workers are few. And Father, I pray that we'd be about your business, that we'd be workers in your field, bringing others to faith and to belief in you. Father, I pray that we'd do that with our lifestyle, with our words. I pray, Lord, that we'd have courage enough to just invite someone to come, to come to a service. Father, you tell us in your word, if we don't hear, how could we believe? And Father, you've made a way that we can hear your word. I pray, Lord, if nothing else, we as your children would be about inviting others to come. Not for the praise of men, not for the benefit of this church, but for their benefit, that they might hear, they might know, they might believe. And I pray this now in the name of Jesus.